0: Never call off, fourth quarter pressure, back of the jersey,
1: double sevens, no matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference, Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you, what a deep rever. Hi, this is Luka Doncic,
0: hi, I'm Kyrie Irving, and, and you're listening, listening to the, the Nets Step, Step Back, back podcast. podcast. They waitin' on my
1: fall off, I'll never call off, fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey,
0: double sevens No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference Hall of Fame for Dirt, we love you with a deep reverence Backcourt nasty, I wonder who gon' check him Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11 I still got his picture on my wall
1: at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams, I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So, hunger for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luka with his thrill from here, my mic is thrown to overheat. I pride myself the most, I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10, was no surprise to me. A step back man's blowing up was no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me, as always, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Dalton underscore Trigg. Uh, you can find all of my... Mavs related work, written work over at Dallasbasketball.com. Have a lot of stuff up there right now, and we will continue to have it uh, throughout the the rest of this year. Uh, and speaking of that, I want to take a moment to tell everybody happy new year. Hope you all had a great holiday season, Christmas season, um, with your your family and loved ones and everything. And I know we took a, we took a little over a, a week hiatus after the uh the Mavs Suns Christmas game. Uh it was much needed, much needed break, right. but we are back now. Uh I will be joined by uh either my co-host Drew Johnson or our official correspondent Grant Afseth uh for the next pod we do. But for this one, just wanted to come on here and give a brief recap of you know what's been going on with the Mavs and uh just kind of the, the most recent thing here. And I guess we'll just jump right into it. I was going to give a couple more uh, notes. But uh, the most recent thing we've got is the Mavs beating the Portland Trailblazers. They're now 3-0 and against the Trailblazers this season. Uh, they play them again on Friday night, so they'll have a chance to go for the uh, 4-0 sweep, season sweep of Blazers. But uh, it was Kyrie Irving's second game back from injury uh, he did okay in that first game back against Utah, but the entire team was off. Uh, they got walloped by 37 points to start out the new year against the Utah Jazz on the road. But now uh, they're back home for a season-high seven-game homestand, and they started it out on a great note, beating the Blazers 126-97. to Kyrie looked very much more like, you know, co-star Kyrie, in this game he had 29 points he was a plus 20 on the night and and he had 29 points in just 29 minutes too. uh shot 10 of 19 overall four of eight from three for the second consecutive game he led the Mavs in rebounding which is pretty incredible he had nine rebounds five assists two steals so Kyrie and just one turnover too so Kyrie looks very much like he is healthy again and uh, he's back playing at a high level, and, you know, hopefully he can continue that momentum uh, into that fourth and final game against the Blazers that takes place on Friday. And Luca, he was just as incredible. He was actually more incredible <laughs> than Kyrie was. Uh, he had 41 points in just 31 minutes. Uh, so the the dynamic duo of Luca and Kyrie combined for 70 points in just three quarters. Neither one of them had to play in the fourth quarter of this one. Um, but he had 41 points, Luca did, with six rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Shot 13 of 21 overall, four of seven from three, 11 of 14 from the free throw line. So, you know, Luca did a good job attacking and getting to the line uh, whenever he could. Josh Green, he had a nice game. You know, he's also uh, – it's also his second game back from missing several weeks to uh, – an elbow sprain, and he only had eight points in 27 minutes, but he shot three of five overall. Uh, He had four rebounds and assists, two steals, very active on defense. There were many times, and look, I know the Portland Trailblazers, they're not a good offensive team, but, uh, you know, there were times where the Mavs defense was just so good that they weren't able to even get a shot off at some points. And uh, even when they did, you know, it was heavily contested. Sometimes they hit some, sometimes they didn't. Uh, but just overall, a great defensive effort from the Mavs. Now, uh, as good as it was to see Luca and Kyrie go off the way they did against the Blazers, the Mavs didn't come out of this one unharmed because in the third quarter, Derek Lively, uh, you know, he sprained his ankle the last time uh, the Mavs and the Trail Blazers played. Um, Well, he did it again in the third quarter where he was rolling to the basket. Luca tried to hit Lively with a pass as he was rolling. The pass was a little low and then Scoot Henderson ducked under Lively, trying to go for the steal. And it resulted in Lively uh, spraining his ankle and he had to leave the game and he did not return to the game. Now, Uh, Lively missed four or five games after that last ankle sprain he had. But after the game, Coach Jason Kidd said that uh, it was a mild sprain. And the same goes for Grant Williams. Grant Williams, he only had uh, two points and two rebounds uh, in 15 minutes against the Blazers. But, you know, he went down with an ankle injury late, too, and didn't return. So, But both of those guys, like I said, uh, it's being called a mild sprain. We'll see if they play against the Blazers on Friday or not, because after that Blazers game, it gets a little bit tougher on the (laughs) homestand because they'll play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then they'll play uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, who have looked a lot better since getting Ja Morant back. And then uh, they'll play the New York Knicks, who just traded for OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Jalen Brunson playing at an all-star level. Julius Randle's playing in an all-star level here lately. Uh, So playing a very good Knicks team. And then they finish off the homestand by playing the the New Orleans Pelicans two times in a row. And there's been mixed results there. You know, we saw in that mini-series in New Orleans, they blew out the Pelicans the first game and then got blown out in the second game. So it's not – I mean, yeah, they're home for – the Mavs are home for seven games in a row but it's not going to be an easy stretch here uh by any stretch of the magi- imagination because after this next portland game you just look at it minnesota memphis new york and then new new orleans two times in a row the the saving grace here in my opinion is that none of these are back to back so they get an extra day in between every single game they're not having to travel you know that's the good thing about being on a, a long home stand they get to kind of stay home and rest more instead of being on the road and you know all the stuff that comes along with that. So we'll see how it goes. They have some extra motivation against Minnesota. They've kind of been punked twice when they played them, didn't have Kyrie or Luka in the last game that they played against Minnesota. Uh, Memphis, you know, they, they got punked uh, when Luka had to miss that one game against them when uh, his daughter was born and it was just Kyrie playing in that one, and they got blown out by Ja Morantless uh, Memphis team. So, should be some motivation there. Obviously, you have Jalen Brunson coming back to American Airlines Center for the New York Knicks game. The last time that happened uh, was, you know, last season when Luka had that 60-point, 20-rebound triple-double uh, with all the drama that came down at the end of that game. So, uh you know the Mavs won it the Mavs won both games against the Knicks last year but the one at American Airlines Center was very stressful even though it (laughs) even though it panned out for the Mavs at the end so uh we'll see how it goes overall the Mavs are in pretty good shape they're 20 and 15 on the season not exactly where you'd hope they'd be but there's only so much you can control with injuries there's some of these games that you know they should have won like the um uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers game following uh, the Christmas Day game against the Suns. Uh, they played the Cavs on December 27th. That's the one I was at, uh, and they were up big. They were up 20 points in the second half, and they just completely uh, blew it. Uh, I choked. Uh, there, there's other words I could use to describe it, but you know I try to keep it. <laughs> I try to keep it as clean as I can uh on this podcast you know if if younger people are <laughs> are viewing or listening to it but it was bad That that's all i can say is that second half against cleveland so um and then the utah game too those are those are two games that i think you you have to have um especially when you look toward the end of this season that's games that you're going to look back and say man you know that that really hurt um because, you know, you look at Cleveland game, they were missing their three best players, arguably in uh, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and they still couldn't win, blew a 20-point lead and lost by three. And then you have the Utah game where, you know, that, that was very winnable with Kyrie coming back, but the whole team just wasn't engaged. So uh, you could have been 22 and 13, but now you're 20 and 15. But it's okay. Yeah, you, you know it's the NBA 82 game schedule. You got to wipe the board clean. Take it as a one game approach, and it starts Friday in Portland against the Blazers, and the Mavs will be heavily favored in that one, just like they have been in these other matchups against Portland. So we will see how all that goes. Uh, before I get into some other uh, housekeeping stuff, including some trade talk, I want to tell you guys about. Um, the sleeper app, which, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last few weeks, you've heard me talk a lot about it, but, uh, the sleeper app, it's a daily fantasy sports app. If you think, you know, basketball, if you think, you know, NBA basketball specifically, you know, that's what I use it for. But, uh, you go on the sleeper app, download it to your phone. Uh, if you use our promo code, StepBack, all one word, all capital letters, you can get up to a hundred dollars matched on your first deposit. So for example, you get the app, you go in there, you say, okay, I want to take advantage and, you know, deposit the max there. They'll match a hundred dollars. Well, you'll have $200 in your account that you can use to, you know, make different picks and uh, you can, you can make two picks. You can make up to five picks, you know, over unders on a lot of these different games that are going on. And, Uh, I'm making three picks for tonight specifically. Okay, so there's two games on the slate for Thursday night. You've got the Milwaukee Bucks playing the San Antonio Spurs, and you've got the Denver Nuggets playing the Golden State Warriors. So uh, for the the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets game, uh, rebounds, Nikola Jokic, 12.5. I'm taking the over. I don't think the Warriors have any – uh, I don't. I don't think they have the horses in the stable at the big man position to keep Nikola Jokic from having a huge night um, against against you know. Even though they have Steph Curry and they, you know they might be able to make it a game, the three point shooting will you know it, it can always be the greatest equalizer. As far as the rebounds go, I think Jokic is going to feast on the boards, so to speak. So, twelve point five rebounds taking. The over on Jokic. Now we look at Victor Wembanyama against the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and you know playing against Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, his over under for points is nineteen point five. Now normally, I would take the under here because, you know, I don't think Wemby is. I don't think his physicality is where it needs to be. Uh, his toughness is where it needs to be to put up a huge performance against uh, an MVP, a, f- a finals MVP like Giannis. But the Bucks have not been great defensively this year. They give up a bunch of points compared to what they used to before the the Damian Lillard trade. So with that in mind, I'm going to take the over on Victor Wimbanyama points. Uh, you know, over his he averages 18.9 points per game for the season. Uh, so, you know, and, and then on the, at home, he averages nearly 20 points per game. Uh, so that, that's where I'm at with that. It's a nationally televised game. Both of these games tonight are on TNT. Take the over on Victor Wimbanyama uh, points. Now, for Steph Curry in that Nuggets-Warriors game, for let's see, made threes for him is the over-under is 4.5. I'm taking the under, but I think it'll be close. I think he'll be right at that four four mark. I think uh, you know, the the perimeter defense that Denver plays will be enough to bother him. I think he'll still get his volume up, but you know, I'm thinking four is probably the the limit uh for Steph. He's been on a tear lately. He could easily get the over there. But I think you probably have, you know, a little bit more value uh, taking the under on that, given that, that given that they're facing the Nuggets and all those good, lengthy perimeter defenders. So, again, if you like daily fantasy sports, if you think, you know, basketball, get the sleep wrap and use our promo code step back uh, to get up to one hundred dollars matched on your first
0: deposit. We're driven by the search for better. You need Indeed. Okay, so uh, if you didn't
1: hear earlier in the week, uh, again, it's been probably a week and a half since we did our last pod following that Christmas Day game, but Mavs trade stuff. Uh, Mark Stein came out and said, because there was a rumor, uh, a report rather, that the Mavs were going to be likely to uh, pursue toronto raptors pascal siakam before the trade deadline and uh, our guy mark stein uh, if you if you don't sign up for his substat you definitely need to because he has a bunch of great stuff that he posts there and he'll send it directly to your email you don't have to actually go to a website or app or anything like that he'll he'll email it to you so uh, but anyway on his Substack newsletter he confirmed that yes, the Mavs have registered interest in Siakam, but he also hinted at, you know, Siakam might not be at the top of the Mavs' wish list uh, for their upgraded starting four. It's, it's known the Mavs are going to try and upgrade at the power forward position before uh, the trade deadline is up. So got us thinking okay, well, if Siakam isn't at the top of that wish list, then who is? Is it a player that's more talented than Siakam? Or is it a or is the wish list thing like, okay, a guy that is clearly an upgrade over what the Mavs have now, but is also more affordable based on what the asking price is from that player's incumbent team? Because we know Masai Ujiri, he's not wanting to sell his players cheap. Now, if you look at the OG and trade, I personally thought that you know, that was kind of cheap based on what the reports had been last year heading into this season. You know, at one point, the reports, the rumors were, oh, well, the the Raptors aren't going to trade O.G. Ananobi unless it's for at least three first-round picks plus, you know, several young players. And then when it came down to it, he got traded O.G. Ananobi and Precious Achua got traded to the Knicks for R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel, quickly, and a second-round pick. So, I mean, that's, to me, based on what the hype was for OG's uh, trade value, that's not nearly as much as, as what we thought. So, you know, I look at Pascal Siakam, who is 29, going on 30 years old. He is an unrestricted free agent this upcoming summer. And he ha- he holds a lot of leverage. I mean, no team is going to trade valuable assets for Siakam unless he is willing to sign an extension. And so far, that's the thing that's kept him from being traded. He's not willing to sign an extension. So he holds a lot of power here. Do, could other teams beat out the Mavs' offer for Siakam? Of course they could. Of course they could. But, I mean... It, it's all about where the player wants to go, uh, especially in his particular situation. Now, if he had two or three years left on his deal, this wouldn't be a, a topic. But since he doesn't, it is a topic. And the Mavs do have a legitimate chance to get Siakam, in my opinion. So we'll just have to see. What does Siakam want? D- does he see a natural fit there, playing the four with Luka and Kyrie and Derek Lively as the as the anchor at center? Uh, Or does he, you know, want to go somewhere else? So, I don't know. And then another interesting thing to me was that uh, before that Cavaliers game last week that the Mavs played, Mark Cuban was asked about, you know, selling his majority stake in the team to the Adelson family, and he was asked about luxury tax stuff and all that. And Cuban basically said that the Adelsons told him, don't worry about it, you know, just – do your thing. The luxury tax doesn't matter. We just want to win. So, that got me to thinking, okay, well, what if the Mavs wanted to, you know, Golden State is not the team that we think they are. Or they're not the team we thought they'd be coming into the season. They've they've taken a huge step back in my opinion. Now they're still scary cuz they have Steph. And when Steph is hitting threes, you know, they're a what's the word? They're a team you have to watch out for if he's on. But other than that, Clay Thompson is borderline wa- washed. You know those injuries that he had; they've been really hard for him to overcome and get back to where he was. Draymond Green, he's still good. You know, make no doubt about it. He might be a you know he might might make some boneheaded mistakes at times, but make no mistake about it, he is still a great defender and he's still you know, does stuff that is valuable to a team uh, trying to take that next step and being a contender. He just has to stay on the court. That's the thing with Draymond. So I know people don't like Draymond, and I don't agree with the stuff he does on the court at times too. But, you know, if the Mavs are wanting to upgrade at the four and they want somebody that's probably more affordable than what a Pascal Siakam is or – you know, somebody else like uh, P.J. Washington maybe or, you know, something like that, Kyle Kuzma with the Washington Wizards. I'm looking at Golden State and I'm seeing how the ship is kind of starting to sink for them. And they're locked in for the next three seasons after this season with both Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. And those are two players who could greatly help the Mavs out. Uh, you know, for the rest of this. That, that could elevate the Mavs into title contention, in my opinion. So I look at that. They have, they're had they both making over 25 plus million a year for the next three seasons after this season. That's a lot of future salary for a Golden State team that is, you know, looking like they're at the end of their road. So do they really want to pay those guys that much for the next three seasons after this one? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. But I'm just saying, you know, since Mark Cuban has basically been given a blank checkbook and said, go do what you got to do to win, I look at that and I say, man, could the Mavs potentially, you know, pull off a trade that gets them both Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins? Uh, And I know it's, I know it's a, you know, a delicate risk-reward balance with Draymond specifically, but, you know, I really think, he could benefit from a change of scenery, you know. It's things have run its course in Golden State. They've they've squeezed every little bit out of the orange, so to speak. <laughs> and it's just time. I mean, right now he's getting counseling, and uh, you know he's he's in suspended indefinitely until he meets uh, the requirements from the Warriors and the league based on his last incident where he. Uh, appeared to punch you know Yusuf Nurkic of the Suns and then you know earlier this season he got suspended five games because he put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold so I'm not saying it it doesn't come without risk I'm just saying he's the type of glue guy this team could use and I think if we're just thinking about on the court fit with Draymond if we can if, if they can take that risk with you know, his off court or his on and off off court stuff. uh, I think it could work out for the Mavs in a big way if it does pay off. And I think it's a risk worth taking because one, like I said, I think he could benefit from a change of scenery Two, he admires Luca and Kyrie so much. I think they would, they'd fit like a glove uh, on the court together. And, you know, he's kind of, Draymond takes on kind of like that Dorian Finney-Smith role uh, where he directs the defense, and he's he's vocal, and he keeps everybody engaged, and, you know, he just does all the dirty work. Um, he's also shooting a career-high 42.9% from three this year so far. So, I mean, obviously you don't expect that to keep up, but, you know, he'd be as open as ever <laughs> if he's playing with Luka and Kyrie Irving. So, you know, maybe that could keep up. And look, Derek Lively has taken on that role of being the defensive communicator and keeping guys connected and being vocal all the time on the de- defensive end. And Luke has taken a step forward in that department as well. But they're not a four-time NBA champion, former defensive player of the year uh, you know, guy doing that. So that's my thoughts on it. I've gotten a lot of pushback on this idea. I posted my article on DallasBasketball.com. Shared it to Facebook and Twitter, and I've gotten—you can imagine—the comments I've gotten about this idea. But I just—I think the risk is worth the potential reward. You have to take some risks, especially in the math situation where they've—you know—they don't have a lot of draft capital. They're not going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're never going to bottom out with a healthy Luka Doncic the way the Thunder have done for the last several years that have got them to this point now, where they have so many young high lottery level talents that are starting to develop and now they're looking like a future super team. Uh you know that's that's not the Mavs trajectory here. They can't take that path. That ship has sailed. So you have to start looking at other ways to get this current Mavs team to take a step to be a championship contender and you got to take some risks to do that. So that's one of the ones I'm looking at. Uh would love Pascal Siakam. I don't know how much, you know, Masai Ujiri, uh, I don't know what his least amount he would take for Siakam is, but I'd like to think that the Maz would have a better chance of getting, you know, Siakam shipped to the West than the Raptors sending him to another Eastern Conference rival like they sent Ananobi to the Knicks. So, you know, it is what it is. There's, there's a lot of different scenarios, but just – Count me in on either one of those. Siakam on the Mavs, great. If they can't do that, if, if can they get, you know, Draymond and Andrew Wiggins and kind of make a, a a Warriors light kind of thing from when they won the championship a few years ago. Except you have uh, you have Luca, Kyrie, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Derek Lively. That's a that's a pretty serviceable. Starting five there, that's a pretty uh, pretty potent start, starting five, in my opinion. So, I don't know. We'll see what they do. Uh, the, the trade deadline is on February 8th, so we have slightly over a month to go. Things are going to start picking up. It's going to get crazy with the rumors like it always does. You know, we had Woj saying that he thinks it's going to be active, even if it's not like stars being moved. There's going to be several role players being moved, more than likely. So it's going to be exciting, and I'm I'm glad to uh, to get it going because this is this is one of this is my time of year. This and free agency and all that stuff, I, I love it. I love it. So uh, we'll talk more about that when I have my guy uh, DJ on here. We like to really get into some of these trade ideas, and I've got some other ones that are kind of unconventional. It's probably some that nobody has actually thought of yet, a little bit out of the box. But I'm going to save that for its own specific pod uh, next week when I have uh, DJ back on here with me. So, guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Uh, Have a great week. It's probably going to be, if I don't come back on here Saturday or Friday night or Saturday morning to recap that second Blazers game, I'll probably probably just wait for next week to come back on here and talk about those other trade options I was referring to with DJ. But I'm going to try and sneak in one more um, after this next Blazers game. We'll see how the weekend goes. But if I don't see you guys by the weekend, I hope you all have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week at the very latest. So, guys, appreciate it. Y'all be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Our goal last year, before the end of the year, and we we had that goal in, like, August. We were hoping to eclipse 15,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. It eclipsed, like, 21,000 before New Year's, which was incredible. Uh, Can't thank you guys enough. Uh, We're going to keep the Mavs content rolling all throughout 2024 as well. And hopefully, with the Mavs uh, missing the playoffs last year, hopefully they get back into the playoffs this year, And we're going to have Mavs step back playoff content like we did uh, the season before last season when they went to the Western Conference Finals because that was fun. We all had a lot a great time with all that. So uh, appreciate you all so much. Um, uh, We're going to keep it rolling for you. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a bunch of likes, comments, all that good stuff. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there and put your social media ad on it so you're entered for a chance to win future giveaways appreciate y'all y'all have a great one
0: i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast